is Harley, and I'm six years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he died for us. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm Alicia Yoder, and I'm excited about what Jesus wants to show us today. Last week, we talked about how all the nations in the land of Canaan were scared of the Israelites and their God, so they joined together to fight against them. Everyone except the Gibeonites, who tricked Joshua into making an agreement of peace. When the other nations came after the Gibeonites, God helped Joshua to defend them by sending hailstones and by making the sun look like it was standing still so Joshua and his army could defeat the Canaanite kings. The Israelites were finally getting the land they had looked forward to for so long. But Joshua was getting old, and God said to him, You are getting old. But there is still more land for the Israelites to have. Now Moses had given the tribes of Manasseh, Reuben, and Gad their land to the east of the Jordan, but they didn't drive out all the Geshurites or Maccathites. The tribe of Levi didn't have an inheritance of land because God and his offerings were going to be their inheritance. But to the rest of the tribes, Joshua and Eleazar the priest gave the land God had promised for them to live in. Caleb came to Joshua and said, Remember what God said to Moses about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses sent me to spy out the land and knew in my heart that the Lord could defeat the Canaanites. The other spies made the people afraid, but I followed the Lord completely. And Moses blessed me and said the land I walked on would be my inheritance forever for my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And God has kept me alive another 45 years while Israel walked in the wilderness. Now that I'm 85 years old, I'm just as strong today as I was when Moses sent me. So let me fight to get this hill country. So Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him that land because he followed the Lord completely. Caleb defeated three of the giant-like men who ruled there. But the people of Judah couldn't drive out the Jebusites, so they stayed in Jerusalem with the people of Judah. The tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh got their land, but they didn't drive out all the Canaanites and Gezer, So they worked for the people of Ephraim and Manasseh and kept living in their land. Even when the Israelites grew strong, they made the Canaanites servants but didn't push them out. 
Ephraim and Manasseh weren't sure they had enough land for all their people. But Joshua said, Go clear the forest country, and even though the Canaanites there have chariots of iron and are strong, you will defeat them. The tribes gathered together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle there. Joshua said, How long are you going to put off taking the land for the other seven tribes? Send three men from each tribe to make a map of the remaining land. And when the men of Israel returned, Joshua told them which parts of the land were for which tribes. And the people of Israel gave Joshua an inheritance too, the city that he wanted. God said to Joshua, Choose the cities of refuge that I had told Moses about, so that anyone who accidentally kills someone can flee there. They will be safe and can tell the elders of the city what happened, so that a family member of the person who has died can't kill them. So Joshua chose the cities. The Levites came to him and said, God told Moses to give us some cities to live in with our flocks and herds. So Joshua gave them cities in the other tribes of Israel. And God gave to Israel all the land that he promised to give their fathers, and they settled there. And God gave them rest on every side. All the good promises the Lord made to them came true. Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh and said, You obeyed what God commanded through Moses and helped the other tribes get their land. Now that we are at rest, you can go home to your families on the other side of the Jordan River. But be careful to follow all the commandments of the Lord your God, to love Him, walk in His ways, cling to Him, and serve Him with all your heart and soul. So Joshua blessed them, and they went home, bringing animals, clothing, silver, gold, bronze, and iron. And half the tribe of Manasseh had land on the other side of the Jordan, and the other half had land with the rest of the Israelites. Now the people from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh built a large altar by the Jordan. So the other ten tribes gathered to fight against them. They sent Eleazar the priest's son Phinehas and some other leaders to say to the tribes across the Jordan, How could you turn away from the Lord and build this altar in rebellion against the Lord? Didn't we sin enough by worshiping Baal at Peor and suffered a plague? God is going to be angry with all of us. If your land is unclean, come over the Jordan to our side and we'll give you land here where the tabernacle is. Don't you remember how Achan sinned and all of us were punished? Then the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh said, We worship the Mighty One, God, the Lord. You should punish us if this altar was to another God and we were turning away from the Lord, or even if we were going to burn offerings on it. But we didn't build it for that. We were afraid that in the future your children would say to our children, What do you have to do with the Lord? You live on the other side of the Jordan. And it's a boundary between us, so you have no inheritance in the Lord. And then your children would cause our children to stop worshiping the Lord. So we said, let's build an altar 
to be a witness between you and us and our children and yours forever, that they may know that we worship and serve the Lord. We would never build an altar to replace the one in the tabernacle where we sacrifice offerings. So Phineas said, Today we know that the Lord is here because you haven't turned away from him. And he and the other leaders went home and told the Israelites what had happened. And everyone thought it was good. The altar was called a witness because they said, This is a witness to say that the Lord is God. A long time later, when the Israelites had rest from all their enemies and Joshua was old, he called together all the leaders and said, I am old, and you have seen all that the Lord has done to these nations for your sake. For the Lord your God fought for you. All the nations that remain in the land of Canaan I've given to you. God will push them back before you, and you will live in their land just as God has promised you. So be strong to keep the law so you won't mix with the nations around you and serve and bow down to their gods. But instead, you'll cling to the Lord. No one has been able to stand against you. Be careful to love the Lord so the nations and their gods won't be a trap and a thorn until you are driven from the good land God has given you. I am about to die, like all men do, and you know in your hearts and souls that God has kept all his promises. Not one has failed. Joshua gathered all the Israelites together at Shechem and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your fathers served other gods, but I took Abraham and led him through the land of Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. And Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Jacob went down to Egypt, and I sent Moses and Aaron and brought you out. I rescued the people from the Egyptians chasing them at the Red Sea, and you lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the other side of the Jordan River, and even blessed you when the king of Moab sent Balaam to curse you. It was not by your sword or bow, But I drove out the other nations like a hornet, and now you live in cities you didn't build and eat food you didn't plant. So serve the Lord faithfully. Choose whom you'll serve, either the Lord or the gods of the nations. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The people answered, We will never forsake the Lord. He brought us out of slavery in Egypt and did great signs, and cared for us all the way we went. He protected us and drove out the peoples. So we will serve the Lord, for He is our God. But Joshua said, You won't be able to serve the Lord, for He is holy, and will punish you if you serve other gods. The people said, No, we will serve the Lord and obey His voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people and wrote down all the words of the book of the law of God and set up a stone saying, This stone is a witness of your decision. And all the people went home. Joshua died at the age of 110 and the people served the Lord as long as Joshua's elders were alive.
Did God need to give the Israelites promises at all? God doesn't need to do anything for us, but he wanted to so we could see more of his greatness and how much he loves taking care of us. He loves it when we pay attention to his promises and see how he's kept them and is going to keep them. We've been learning all about the promise of land God gave to the Israelites, but the second part of that promise to Abraham was that all the nations would be blessed through him. We're seeing that promise being fulfilled now as Jesus is being proclaimed all around the world. But it's not finished yet because there are still lots of places around the world where no one knows or follows Jesus. Another promise that he gave us is that all who follow him and receive his forgiveness through Jesus' death and resurrection will get to live with him forever. Right now, he promises never to leave us alone by his Holy Spirit living inside of us. We might try to make promises back to God like, I will always be kind to my brother or sister, or I will do everything my parents or teachers ask me to do. The Israelites promised that they would follow the Lord only and all his laws. But even though they said they wanted to follow him, they didn't drive out all the people from the land like they were supposed to. Because of the sin in our hearts, none of us will be able to perfectly keep our promises to God, just like the Israelites wouldn't be able to keep their side of the covenant with God. That's why Jesus came to follow the law perfectly for us and to be our righteousness or right behavior. He died carrying all our sins and taking the judgment we deserved so that we could be a new creation in Him, still sinning and making mistakes, but growing in obedience and love for the things and people Jesus loves. Our hearts are still going to want to cling to other things for help and safety other than Jesus, like our good grades or people liking us or thinking we're good all the time. But just as God called the Israelites to turn away from thinking idols would help them, he calls us to keep telling him how much we need him day after day. And when we're not obsessed with trying to be perfect, we can instead have faith by trusting Jesus' behavior given to us hope in his promises and worship him for all he's done in our lives and the beautiful ways he's making himself known all around the world. Do you remember Joshua's partner, the faithful spy named Caleb? He held on to God's promise for 40 years, wandering around with the Israelites, and even had faith that God could help him get the specific land he wanted for his family. The tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh looked ahead to God's promise that their children would continue to live in the land, and they built an altar because they didn't want them or the other Israelites to forget about him in the future. We might not set up stones in our backyard to remember God, but each day we say, Jesus, you are my leader, provider, and shepherd. And as we think about his promises of eternal life, look back on the ways he's cared for us and so many other children in the past, 
and ask Jesus to help us be a part of his kingdom work, it's like we're setting up stones of faith in our hearts. Others might even be able to see how much we enjoy living life with Jesus and talking to him and decide to follow him too. Let's pray. Jesus, would you set up stones of faith in our hearts to believe and remember your promises and to talk with you and enjoy you more each day? You're the best. Amen. Okay, guys, thanks again for listening. See you next time.